Welcome to Drive Time, where we look to jumpstart amazing conversations. I'm your host, Ryan McElrath, high school pastor at Fellowship Bible Church in Jackson, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you've joined us. Now, let's put it in drive. Welcome to another episode of Drive Time, where we answer kids' questions to spark amazing conversations. Again, look at this, three weeks in a row. This is called a three-peat. Uh, for those of you that don't know what a three-peat is, that would be a Laker, Kobe, and Shaq era style. I won three championships in a row. Other people could have done it. I just don't know because I'm a Laker fan and not an anything else fan. Don't judge me on that one. Just we'll move on. But three-peat also means joining us again is Mo Chenault. Hey, Mo. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming back again. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. I like it. Mo is very knowledgeable, and so it's really fun to have her on the podcast with us as we answer your question today. Uh, but to start off with something that you could have conversation about with your friends or family, some fun fact, a fun fact for you today on this beautiful day in September. Mo, did you know that a snail has... 2,500 teeth. Did not know that. I didn't even know a snail had one tooth. Me neither. They're all soft and, well, how would you describe a snail? Slimy. Slimy, squishy. It has a shell, a shell, and their eyeballs like sit on top of their antennas. I didn't learn that until the movie Turbo, but um, a snail has 2,500 teeth. These teeth can be found on their tongue that is covered in ridges. So their teeth sit on their tongue and they eat by rubbing their tongue on its food and the ridges cut it into tiny pieces. I don't even know how small snail food is. And then they have to cut it up with teeny tiny teeth because there's 2,500 of them. Can you imagine your teeth sitting on your tongue? It'd be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Hey, a snail has 2,500 teeth. So there you go. Share that fun fact with everyone. Or you can, or you could say, hey, I bet you didn't know that a snail had teeth. And you're like, no, they don't. And you're like, I bet you a quarter it does. No, don't bet a quarter. Just bet a high five. I bet you a high five it does. And then everyone gets a high five. Look at that. That's fun. Well, today is September 25th and it is a great day. It is National Daughters Day. Did you know that? I did not know that. You are a daughter. Does your dad know that it's National Daughters Day? I don't think he does. Does your mom know? I'm not sure. Mm, it's also National Quesadilla Day, so I have an idea. Mm. You should tell your mom and dad to take you out for a quesadilla. You should. Yeah, because you're a daughter, and then you get a quesadilla. You're, like, celebrating two national days all in one. Plus, they can have a quesadilla, too. And then that would be another three-peat. You get three quesadillas. Okay, moving on. All right, moving on to the most important part of this podcast, as Mo's like, I don't want a quesadilla, uh, is what is the real, what is the real way we should read Philippians 4.13? Can I really do anything through Christ who strengthens me? Now, this question was dropped in anonymously here at Fellowship Bible Church, so I'm not sure if this is a kid or if this is a parent, 
wanting this question answered for a kid. But this is a really good question. And this brings up a huge, huge topic of conversation. One that is a little, well, sometimes it's controversial when I tell people this. But another thing is it's very, um, it's very good for us to know. So the first thing that is really good is this word called hermeneutics. Morgan, have you ever heard of that word? I have not. Hermeneutics is the way that we read things in context. For example, if you saw a uh, if a newspaper, do you know what a newspaper is? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> a newspaper is a paper that you read every day for the news, just in case you didn't know. But if you saw a newspaper headline that said, uh, lightning strikes again, what would what would your first thought be? Lightning was striking. Lightning was striking. Like actual like, that's mm-hmm. the sound I have for lightning. But, and if you looked at the top of that newspaper headline and it said, sports section, that changes the meaning. Because in Florida, there's a team called the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if the lightning strike again, maybe they won the championship or maybe they won a game, Right. So hermeneutics is the way that we read things in context, with context clues and looking all around. That being said, sometimes the the next thing I'm going to say can, can be kind of controversial. The next thing is a lot of people want their kids to memorize Bible verses. And I think that's amazing. But instead of Bible verses, we should be reading Bible passages or memorizing Bible paragraphs. Because more often than not, sometimes people will use Bible verses out of context to change the meaning of the verse. But when we look at the bigger context around that verse, we see the truth. So, for example, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Other versions of the Bible say, I can do all this by the power of Christ. He gives me strength. Or there are a couple of different ways. Um, But does this mean that I can do whatever comes into my mind, like fly up into the sky or swim across the entire ocean? What does all things really mean in this verse? I mean, Morgan's looking at me right now. Morgan, if I said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and then tried to dunk a basketball on a 10-foot rim, do you think – would I be able to do it? Probably not. No. She's looking at me going, you are – Five nine, and when you reach your short little arms in the air, it probably doesn't even go over seven feet. And so that's a whoo, man. That's that's a leap. Maybe no, I can't. I can't dunk a basketball. No matter how many times I say Philippians four thirteen, I will never be able to dunk a basketball. So there are people who have taken that meaning to say, oh, "I'm going to do all things," but what does that really mean? In order to understand what a Bible verse is really saying, it helps to look at the verses around it. This is called context. This is called hermeneutics. So Morgan's going to read for us the Bible paragraph that this verse sits in. So she's going to read to us Philippians 4, 10 through 13. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, 
abundance, and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's awesome. He says, I know what it's like to have nothing. I know what it's like to have more than I need. I've learned the secret of being content no matter what happens. I'm content whether I'm well-fed or hungry. I'm content whether I have more than enough or not enough. So then in verse 13, when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he's referring to what he's been through. And that he's learned that in no matter whatever the situation he finds himself, he can endure because he knows that it is Christ that is strengthening him in each and every situation. The main focus in Philippians 4 is what Christians can do through the strength that Christ gives. We're not promised that we're going to have some superpower that will be invincible or never have problems. Paul went through so many problems. Instead, Philippians 4.13 is saying that we're going to have strength from Jesus to faithfully endure any hard time that comes. That when we we look at our life and through the the abundance or the need or the hunger or being well-fed, that whatever that looks like, we can endure because we know that it is Christ that strengthens us each and every day. So the verse is not talking about us being able to have strength to do something superpower or whatever that is, or be able to do something that God hasn't gifted us to do. In reality, that verse is talking about being able to endure all the hardships of life that come our way because it is Jesus who gives us that strength. So parents, talk about that. Talk about the way that you can find strength in Christ, no matter what hard times are coming and explain how you can find. These are good conversations to have. How can we seek Jesus even in the hard times, as well as the good times. And then maybe talk about the danger of taking verses out of context or other verses that you've heard taken out of context that kind of put a different meaning to it other than what God intends. Have a great conversation. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Drive Time. I pray that this short listen will turn into a road trip conversation with your family. I'll see you next time.